Oh, is this just going to be frozen on the screen now? Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, I tried to show everybody a fun <laughs> video of a guy breaking a bunch of tennis rackets, but I guess I can set it just to have to put in our stories instead. So um, we're here. I know we were here last night with uh, a new episode, but, you know, some trades happened. So everybody's back. Sorry, I just had to do that to get that big old video off the screen. Um, welcome back. It's the whole gang. We got Roscoe, Steph the Fanalist, Beaner, and Southey. And uh, Dubas is not disappointing this year, to say the least. Making more moves ahead of the Friday deadline, surprising everybody. This one caught me off guard. I don't know about you guys. I wasn't expecting this one to happen. Um, I knew another move was coming, but this is much bigger than I thought it was going to be. So let's go around the table and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Rodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All right. So let's get the entire breakdown of this trade. So before we talk about what it means, the Leafs have acquired Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, a conditional fifth round pick in 2024, conditional pick, fifth round pick in 2025 from Chicago in exchange for a conditional 2025 first round pick, top 10 protected, uh, 2026 second round pick, Joey Anderson and Pavo Gogolev. So, how do we feel? Steph, we'll start with you. Man, why does this always have to happen when I'm busy doing something? Like, the Ryan O'Reilly ha trade happened in the middle of Friday night that week, and then today, you know, we're busy at work. We don't have time to check our phones all the time. <laughs> I know, I'm on my phone all the time. Sorry, work. But... Ah, uh, this uh, completely off guard. And then you have to check if it's real, right? See where the credibility is at. And yeah, it's, this is real life. Yes. I got to say, McCabe and O'Reilly are two names that we've brought up a lot. Um, Sadi, got to give you credit for talking O'Reilly. I mean, we talked about that uh, December you were calling for this. And uh, I think McCabe is one that we were bringing up over the last couple of weeks. So you know, the pieces are falling into place. It feels like he's really spending. And uh, fuck, Sadi, I'll throw it over to you. After the O'Reilly trade, we always knew the other foot was going to drop eventually. But like you said earlier, we had no idea it was going to be McCabe. And at 50% retained, so he's got two more years at $2 million bucks. This guy is a pretty nasty defense. I mean, he's someone who we really are really, really going to value, especially come playoff time. So this is a... You know, another home run for Dubas. This guy's been on fire so far this trade deadline. Yeah, and a good point. So McCabe is signed for the next two years, and Sam Lafferty is signed until the end of next year. Lafferty with a 1.15 cap hit. And like you said, Jake McCabe coming in at $2 million. So the same thing they're paying Justin Hall. They can have Jake McCabe, a $4 million defenseman for the next two years. I mean the fact that they were able to get two more years, 50% retained for that price, it, it really makes some of these other trades look kind of silly. Like Dubas really came out clean here. I got to give it to him. Uh, Beaner, what do you think? First impressions. Just surprise and shock really. Um, Cause yes. Okay. You're giving up draft capital, but aside from that, you're not really giving up a whole lot. 
we were able to do all this. We still kept Minton. We still kept Niemela. We still kept Hervin and we still kept Nyes. And we were able to significantly alter the look of our lineup. My only partial concern, and I could be completely off the mark here with thinking this, is maybe borderline too much changeover, right? Because you can mess with chemistry too much. But we've seen how O'Reilly and and, um, Achari came in. I don't think we've got too much to worry about. And I think that's a fair point that he's given O'Reilly and Achari a few games to see how the guys gel with two new pieces coming in like this and having the responsibility. And look, like you said, they've adjusted well. So I think the guys earned having some more, um, I don't want to say muscle brought in, but like Dubas spending more means something, right? Like the guys have to earn the capital being spent. Like there's no other way to put it. And the last couple of years, it seems like as much as Leafs Nation felt like, you know, this is going to be it, they're playing really well. I don't think management was as convinced that, you know, Dubas could go out there and spend literally the entire future of draft picks. So it seems like they really, really, really think that this year is going to mean something different. And CJ said it on uh, Overdrive. You know, it, it seems like this he's been given the go ahead to uh, spend what he can to bring in whatever they need. So I wouldn't be surprised if a, a goalie move is done just because of how much cap space they still have. The only thing is there's not much to move out now besides rostered players. Uh, Beaner, what do you think? You also have to look at what Dubas has been able to accomplish with the draft capital he's had over the past couple of years. Even with giving up first round picks, he's built a pretty solid pipeline of potential players coming up through. So these picks that he's dealing away, especially you know a 2025 first round pick, there's yeah, like a, a very good potential. Old? Yeah. <laughs> there's a very good potential that that player will never play with Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or whatever. Cause unless they are, I think the NHL has been very lucky over the last 10 years, unless they're a generational talent or a high, high end talent, most first round picks don't like typically jump right into the league and play great. They still could be a couple years away. Well, that's a couple years away. You draft them three, four years down the line after that. Who knows what could happen, right? So as much as everybody's criticizing them over a 2025 first round pick, I'm not concerned. And I think the other thing to note is that all these prospects that everybody was worried about losing, it was a pretty long list. And not only did we not lose any of them, um, it's a long list. That just shows how he's drafted over the last, like, like you said, he hasn't had a first round pick every year at the you know uh, bottom of the league where you're you're drafting high like he's he's made do with what the Leafs have and everybody wants these prospects so the fact that he was able to hold on to them while bringing all of this in like we got rid of Joey Anderson and Adam Gaudet are the only rostered players and they're barely rostered so that's that's kind of the biggest win here is there's no uh like we're talking about chemistry there's no big shakeup that's happened like as much as people are saying ship Kerfoot out of here or ship hall i think those are going to be bigger chemistry impact players to move out than you know an anderson or god no offense to them but if you like if you go by cap friendly right now if you look at their depth chart ratings they have the fourth line as kerfoot achari and lafferty if you could roll that as a fourth line that's impressive like that's with czar on the bench yeah Engvall, Camp, Yarncroke as your third line. 
Yeah, it's just impressive, like you guys have been saying, not losing someone off the roster. I mean, we sent down Joey Anderson for that cap flex- flexibility, and then Gugulev, like, this guy could not break the Leafs roster anytime soon. I mean, he's been with the Marley since 2020, but he got sent down to this ECHL with the Growlers yeah. this year, and the only time we kind of see names like that, or even Gaudette had higher hopes for him, but he caught the injury bug and then simply wasn't good enough to stay up. So it's a huge, huge win for me. Man, we have our Kyle Dubas glasses on right now because this is a Wubis. This is a dub for Dubas. Like, I don't know how else you put it because Tanner Janot last night, damn, they gave up more picks for him than <laughs> we gave up combined this year, it seemed, for our brand new roster. They have um, no picks left for eternity. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet out there. Sorry, so they. Um, I just saw a tweet randomly out there that said something like, for in a, in a comparison to Boston and Don Sweeney, um, in recent years he turned Halla, Donato, Smith, Bjork, uh, Vakaninen, Moore, two first rounders, and seven additional picks into Coil. Taylor Hall, Lindholm, Zaka, Orlov, Hathaway. But Dubis, only in this year, has turned Abramov, Anderson, Gaudet, Gugolev, Curtis Douglas, and then the picks, six picks, into Ryan O'Reilly, Noah Chari, Jake McCabe, Lafferty, Connor Timmins, you can't forget him, Dryden Hunt was also in the mix, and, you know, a couple months ago, we were juggling... Malgin, Robertson, like these other guys that we weren't sure they were on the fringe, right? Or injury. And look at us now. It's honestly, it feels like what you see other teams do at the deadline when everyone's loading up and you're like, and the Leafs are going to do nothing. And it's the end of the deadline. This year, it's like, oh, guys, like it's us this time. It's us. It's it, everybody's it's us afraid of us time. now. I like it. With everyone coming in, we have if, to believe there's another move. Like we, we have too many players right now, right? That someone has to come out. If we bring Murray back, we're over the cap. So I put this to you. Who do you think is on the out? Mm. Man, that's tough. Because I know everybody's saying like, oh, Kerfoot's gone. But it's all just like people. I don't like when people are like, oh, just ship out the guy that I don't like. It's like what realistically makes the most sense? It's probably going to be like... CJ mentioned on Overdrive, there's interest in some of these um, pending UFAs that the Leafs have. So maybe it's Pierre Engvall. Justin Hall. You think teams would be interested in Hall? Like, I know they have a surplus of defensemen, but I think I think it's going to be Hall. Or, yeah, Hall or Engvall, just because yeah. Hall's a right-handed defenseman. He only makes $2 million bucks, And Engvall's got the size that I think if people are going to give him like a maybe a second-line opportunity and, and give him the minutes and see what happens, it's on a different... Uh, environment maybe he thrives but we have eight nhl caliber defensemen on the roster that's insane mm-hmm. yeah. also and... if jake mccabe doesn't take number 24 i quit and there's also <laughs> Sim- simmons has it nice might be coming oh too right the frozen 10 he said he'll be competing for a spot as well so there's there's a surplus of players and it just means that someone's definitely gonna have to be on the out so we mentioned Daily Faceoff has the bottom six as uh, Camp with Engvall and Yarncroke, and then Achari with Kerfoot and Lafferty. 
where do you realistically see Sam Lafferty playing? He's a center and right wing. Um, do you see him as the fourth line right winger? I see him on the third I, line. Yeah, you think in bumping who yarn croak down? It's hard, right? Um, You got to think that the next move has to be one of Ingvall, (laughs) Hall, or Kerfoot. Like, Yarncroak's not going anywhere. David Kampf, like, even Justin Hall. Oh, I I just, this feeling has not gone away. Even with these monster moves and Dubas finding some balls, like, I feel like Justin Hall will be a forever leaf. But... Ah oh, man, maybe goaltending, right? Like Murray's supposed to be coming back, but with we're still over one mil on the cap, right? Uh, with him out, and I don't know. It's those numbers. Do we wave like Cali Cartel said on our Discord? Pierre Ingval. That's no, a two mil. Somebody would take him. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely recoup at least a lower round draft pick for him. Yeah, and. I mean, look, if, if people are interested in their expiring contracts, there's quite a few of them that the Leafs could try to offload before they just walk in free agency. I mean, as useful as they would be, if it means bringing somebody in, it's more useful, like, go for it. And that's why I say somebody like Pierre Engvall, who I think is good for a team that's in a rebuilding situation and less so for the Leafs right now, where he's still trying to find what, like, how to put two and two together with his game like he's got the size. He just needs to figure out how to score. Like he could be Chris Kreider and score 50 goals if he could put that together. But, you know, he's still still not there yet. So I think teams have that that magical bean, as they say, the the question mark essence of him gives him some value, I think. He's like a tall curve or Kapanen. He does a bunch of little things right and he has potential and he has physical elements that are really you know, intriguing to general managers. He just can never put it all together. If he could just crash the net and be like JVR and stand there and push people, just be like, no, you're not moving me from the front of the net. I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to deflect it in. If he just made that his game, he could score as many goals as he wanted. Yeah. And we're the Leafs side right now. Like he doesn't bring anything to the table that anyone else does. And so he is like Peter said, he is expandable at this point. So uh, next one, where do you see Jake McCabe playing? Because again, here, Daily Faceoff, they've plugged him in with Sandine on the third pair, uh, Gio and Lily on the second, and Mo and Brody on the first. I I would see him being with Riley on the first because he's been playing most of the season with Jeff, Seth Jones as it is. And he brings a little bit of that muzzin element that we don't have right now, but he can still move the puck and he can still do a little bit like, okay, Muzzin in his prime is still better than McCabe in his prime, but I think he could potentially be the partner that we've been missing for Riley. I completely agree. I honestly McCabe, think... Go sorry, Steph. Um, Mo and McCabe, and then you throw... like it, It's not really a 2 and a 3 at that point. It's a 2A and a 2B. Geo with Lily, and then Brody with Sandine, right? You have three legitimate defensive pairings that you could spread the minutes around and not have to worry. That's like a 1A, a 1B, and a 1C. Right. And then your like, seventh defenseman is Timmons, which is pretty nice. That's insane. Or Hall, depending this on is, which avenue you decide to go on. Can we just, like, I don't know about you guys, but um, in my lifetime, I've never seen a Leaf lineup that's this stacked before, where it's like, th- I, what is going on? We have so many players that are, that sh- this looks like I'm playing a fucking video game. 
Oh three, oh four. We had basically a Hall of Fame lineup. Ask Marty about it. Yeah, I'm old mm-hmm. enough to remember the old ninety three, ninety four lineups too, and I feel this is even way better. <laughs> Honestly, if we're well, tapping we, into sorry, just three, oh four, a bunch of washed up guys though. Like, wasn't it guys at the end of their? It no, oh three, oh four was, but Belfort oh. was playing great. Newendike and Roberts were playing great. Yep. Brian Leach came over. He was incredible for us. Okay, I was too young. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. Uh, Jake McCabe, left-handed shot. Honestly, if I'm tapping into Keith's brain right now, because Dubas said straight up, uh, it's up to Keith and the coaching staff to determine where these guys are going to play and when. Are they going to start on Wednesday and, you know, there was a back-to-back this week or um, get more practices in? I think they're going to pair him with Hall. I think the first game, it's going to be McCabe and Hall on the second pairing. Maybe Riley Brody on the first pairing. And then Gio Lilly. Like, I feel like Sandine is the one rotating with Timmons right now. Unfortunately, like the way we want it to happen. I feel like it's going to be Hall and McCabe. I don't know. Or maybe McCabe and Gio. Because they... Geo seems like that security blanket or even Brody uh, between uh, Brody and Geo for new defensive partners and they can both play on each side. So I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> the only thing is you want, you kind of want to have a little bit of a defensive minded guy and a little bit of an offensive minded guy together as a pair, right? So if you're looking at your defensive minded ones, that's pretty much going to be Brody, Geo and McCabe. So you wouldn't really want to put Brody with McCabe. Like, obviously you could. They're all NHL players. But it it would be nice if you could have a little mixture with both pairings. Because if you look in in, over the course of time, sorry, Sully, um, some of the best offensive defensemen, like look at Carlson when he was with the Senators. He was primarily with Mark Mathot, if I'm not mistaken. And Mathot was your, you know, he was just going to shut everything down. And Carlson Carlson was able to just light the league up. So if you can get... two guys that can build that chemistry together that know, okay, I'm going to run up because I know he's got my back back here. We can do this. Yeah. Ideally that's definitely what you want. I think in the next week or two, you're going to see musical chairs on the back end. People will be coming in and out of the lineup and he's going to see what works and doesn't work. But and as Johnny said earlier, this is a pretty exciting time to be a Leafs fan. We have not had solid front to back lineup like this decades. <laughs> Yeah, and good to note too, man, this guy has the passion. He had every Canadian team on his no-trade list except for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Clearly when, yeah, right? Like clearly these guys think that the Leafs can go all the way. He comes in tied with Geo in blocks, leads all defenders in hits. Man, if you look at the Chicago Blackhawks lineup, like they're a minus 62 goal differential. McCabe was the only player out of the whole roster, it seemed. I think there was only a small handful that wasn't in the negatives. And he he played on that team as a plus seven. Like this gives you high, high hopes because damn, especially with Seth Jones, right? Being paired with Seth Jones, you're always facing top six guys eating minutes like crazy. That That's impressive. And I think it's this a good point. Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, I think it's a good point that you brought up about uh, him not having Toronto on his no trade list because just looking, Lafferty and McCabe are both American. And I know, you know, at first glance, that doesn't seem like a huge deal, but the 
message that that sends that Dubas has created an environment there that it's not about, oh, I'm going to Canada. Like it puts the Leafs in the circle of like, I'm going to a winning team. Like that's not an easy place to get your franchise to. But now it's like people are just willing to come here and wave no trade clauses because they think that this is going to be the place to win. So, you know, good on them for that because that was not an easy feat. Something that Masai had to come over, uh, come the yeah. overcome with the Raptors as well. No, it's yeah. true. And like, if you we're looking at Carolina, we're looking at Tampa Bay, we're looking at Boston, like, we are fucking going to war these playoffs. So, without these moves, we didn't stand a chance. Uh, yeah, it's just so impressive what he's been able to pull off in the last two weeks. Yeah, and Dubis was Dubis was saying in the in the media conference there that they've been watching him for a while. It's not like it, it's he's just been a new name being thrown around the, the barrel here. Um, they spoke to him as a free agent uh, coming off the ACL injury and. It's all about timing, right? Even Noah Achari, when he was a free agent, he was talking to Toronto. And Ryan O'Reilly like always had this in the back of his mind, but never thought it could be possible. So if they aren't a hometown boy, you have to just keep that lineage strong and, you know, follow follow back and circle back to these players and see, you know, hey, we can make this work. Are you in it? with us are you in it to win it now because now is the time so i don't know it's exciting man just crazy and something to note too before i'm done ranting about jake mccabe um leafs legend number luke shin and ron hainsey they both wore number two and jake mccabe will be wearing number two as well good number nice love it that's fun uh that's actually such a throwback for leafs d yeah, and it's also worth noting neither of them played for like, you know, the Sioux Greyhounds or something like these are guys coming out of the NCAA mostly. So it's it's not following what Dubas would normally do. And everyone can be like, oh, yeah, well, that's such a Dubas move to make. It's a hometown Toronto guy or it's a Sioux Greyhound guy. This is like, no, I'm doing this for the team. I'm going after what they need. So it's a big step, I think. And he's uh, he knows that he needs a contract this year. And uh, ah, good for him. Yeah, Sam Lafferty is going to be wearing number 28. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Also in Cap Friendly, he's listed as all three positions, guys. Uh, Apparently he can play it all. Really? He doesn't have left wing on uh, Yahoo because I actually checked because I was curious. Oh, oh, wow. Center and right. But Dubas said he watched him in Pittsburgh and like, I don't know, um... We're kind of throwing these Marley's names around too because they got traded. But the thing I appreciated about Dubas today was that he used Bobby McMahon and Alex Steves as an example of the types of players he's looking for. Because when describing Sam Lafferty and what he can bring to this team, he's literally he literally just said, "I'm." He threw out those names and was like, "Yeah, we model their gameplay, and it's nice to have guys like that who can rotate out of the lineup." But now we have some NHL experience to go along with that. Yeah, he really touched on making sure that the team was competitive and that everybody was going to compete all the time. And it, it was brought up to him about guys being able to score the playoff style goal, and he kind of kind of agreed with him. He didn't really want to you know, get into the, the naming it, you know, a playoff style, but that these types of players, they've proven in the past, they have the ability to score from in tight. Not that the guys at the top of the roster can't, 
but the guys at the top of our roster don't have to get in tight. They can score from the face-offs, like the blue lines with a wrist shot, right? You kind of want to yeah. move to infect like the top of the roster too. Like if they're seeing these guys bust their ass and their bodies on the bottom lines, like doing everything to score dirty goals, I guarantee you, you're going to see Matthews get to those grimy spots more. You're going to see Marner doing it. It's just going to be infectious the way they play and like the attitude that they bring. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it'll be nice to just have some finish there as well, because I mean, the, I feel like these guys have been able to get, we talked about this 95% of the way there, like they can kill the clock. They can hold it down in the corners, which is all useful, but it's just the, the actual goal generation has not been coming from the third and fourth line this year. So I think these really help because like the addition of O'Reilly pushes people down and then you're bringing in Achari and Lafferty to help everybody out down there. So I think it's, it's really going to help round out where the scoring comes from. And like you said, so just lighten the load and allow the guys in the top to do a little more. Yeah. To your point, like that's a matchup nightmare for whoever you're going up against. Oh. Yeah. And two games ago against Chicago, who scored that nasty goal? Even yarn croak had the miss pass backwards and who came <laughs> swooping in and scored, right? It was Sam Lafferty. <laughs> Yeah. So it'll be nice to have some of that. What and up, he's Barry? over fifty percent on the dot. Hey, Darty. Hello, uh, Fam Jam. I miss you all. It's been uh, a couple episodes, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. And I figured, even if I didn't have anything to say, I need to be a part of this because this is huge. Just like that guy who sells cars over in Grand Island. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> You got to get your dub glasses on there, Dirty. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, dirty. You know what? You've got something to say, bud. We've got all the dubious glasses. And I yeah, want to hear what you guys all to say. I want to get in, involved in the conversation, and then I'll uh, put my two cents in. Because you know how I hijack things. I'm already doing it right now, so I'd rather avoid that if I can. Well, honestly, we were just kind of getting to the end, and I was going to play the uh, the clip that we had sent in. Uh, if we want to, if you want to comment on that, sure. This is uh, this is a take from Facebook from uh, Paul Potterman. Thank you for sending this in. Yeah, so this is regarding the Jake McCabe trade uh, that happened today. Um, so for anyone that's bitching and complaining or, you know, is talking shit about the trade, obviously they don't pay attention to, you know, other teams. Um, Jake McCabe is definitely the gritty player that uh, the Leafs need other than Giordano. Giordano can't really do everything himself, right? So it was kind of a cost-nothing trade, but it definitely uh, – boosts the Leafs, you know, defensive-wise. Um, Jake is a fast skater, and uh, the forward, I won't lie, I don't know, you know, a fucking thing about him, but um, I looked at his <laughs> stats, and he has 21, you know, points this season, which isn't terrible. So, yeah, I am pro Jake McCabe trade, and anyone who says otherwise can suck it. <laughs> nice. So, Darty, what do you think? First of all, I am so glad that we have whatever the hell this is now because that's cool. Okay, we got some <laughs> questions from the crowd. Okay, I feel now I really feel like Hollywood Squares, you know. Um, and uh, sitting here in my little square, what do I have to say? Well, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you that I know everything about there is snow about McCabe and Lafferty, but what, what I will tell you with my dub glasses on is that uh, Mr. Dubis seems to have a pretty good idea of what is necessary to build greatness on this team. And fun fact, sometimes these things don't fucking work. All right. Sometimes we get people that just don't, they're, they're great in theory, but they're not, they're not the puzzle piece that needs to be here. Right. 
But this guy's had some time now, and he didn't give away anything that was going to cripple our team. You know, what? Like at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of th- pieces he could have got rid of that I guess maybe people would have preferred we got got some money out like you know we, we were able to get rid of uh kerfoot or hall but that that could be coming right but having another defenseman right now um having uh another you know i guess he's a strong center he's i don't again i don't have the 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 numbers to back me up and numbers have been killing me today people have throwing numbers at me left right and center call me an idiot <laughs> but from everything i've heard about this this uh, laffrey fellow like he's someone you want on your fourth line right and we need more looks i think because i still don't like i've been saying this since beginning of the season i still don't think that fourth line really has a identity yet and maybe maybe some something like one other kick of the can with something fresh will uh light you know liven them up and again we can't we we can't not have a wealth of d because at this point injuries injuries will kill us and they're going to happen i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna knock on wood we're gonna get injuries and whether this mccabe guy turns out to be a bust or not we're gonna need him so there you go Hey, and I think what the biggest part of this, Darty, is that these are not just guys that are coming in as rentals, right? Like this is we got McCabe for the next two years and Lafferty for this year and next. So <laughs> it's only it's, two million, right? It's not anything crazy. Yeah. And it's not William Nylander's two million on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a real like two million. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys guess the total number hits between Alex Kerfoot, Pierre Engvall, and um, who is it? Uh, I had this all figured out here. Hold on. No, Where I remember. I know the tweet you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. I had it. Uh, oh my god. Oh, here we go. Okay, Yarn Croak. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So Alex Herfoot, Ingval, and Yarn Croak compared to Jake McCabe, Lafferty, and Achari. So in total, the two numbers closest wins we'll start with the old leafs guesses this um, season only like it's like 104 between okay. the guys yeah, it's like 80 85 okay uh johnny's closest mm, we'll go 115 now guess our new additions <laughs> um like 383 I feel like You're that's so a pretty close. good answer. Yeah, I feel like How- it's like probably pushing 400, right? 384. What? <laughs> no way. That's really good. You, the- Damn. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, this is a huge improvement dun, dun, dun. to shut up all the boomers, right? Everyone complaining about that physical element and like we have too many small statured players on this team who's afraid to throw the bot. I know uh, cough, cough, Pierre Engvall, holy shit. But damn, like <laughs> Achari, a forward out of out of everything, right? Um, just, I don't know. I feel like the Leafs are finally coming together with this bottom six identity. Even since yeah, the Charles but... came on, like Zach Austin Reese is hitting, all these guys are starting to lay the body a bit more. Like I said, this is infectious what these guys bring, and this is what we need going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't Tanner Janot have like 383 hits on his own? Tanner Janot? Who the hell is this guy? All right. Like I know uh, I've, I've heard great things about him, but let's be real. Nobody really gave a fuck about Tanner Janot until he got traded. Don't lie to me. You, unless you're an absolute nerd. No, 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 fantasy. No, no, no. Nobody cared about you Tanner. Know, Not man. a single person cared about Tanner Janot until they heard his name in the trade. Shut up. That's, all right. He was he was in the race for the um, Calder. 
from last year. <clears throat> yeah, but ninety percent of the people bitching about him did not know a fuck a fucking thing about him. Like you're lying to yourself. If you did. You didn't care about him. I can guarantee it. All right. The other ten percent who are actual nerds who care about this. Fine, but the fact that we're having vitriol about Tanner Janot getting traded is bullcrap <laughs> because you didn't know. You didn't, all right? Half of, half of Twitter is liars and the other half is nerds, all right? And I'm, I'm here to say that most of you are lying nerds, okay? <laughs> all I got to say is that Holmberg has 13 points in 36 games this season. Janot has 14 points in 56 games this season. We already have several versions of Tanner Janot's on our team, and it didn't take 50 million draft picks to acquire them. They they so... spent all those picks for 213 hits. That's what it is. Like, well, wouldn't you know? A lot of capital. <laughs> He's a uh, Tom Wilson, you know. He's the Except next. Tom Wilson's Wilson. still injured, right? So he's been out on no. fire. Yeah, he's, he's active. He's active. I mean, he's been like back and forth, like since he came back. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's new. But yeah, just craziness, and no one expected that because of Tampa's fourth line. Well, like Belmar, Corey Perry, and the other fuck nut who all they Cal do is hit, right? Well, they they shipped Cal Foot out. Yeah, and he was a 17th overall pick from 2017 or whatever it was. So that's another first rounder gone. Too. We're talking about like identity here. That is a lot sort of lesser than what it used to be. Guys, yeah. McDavid just scored his 50th goal. Yay. Damn. Damn. Talk to me when he hits 60. <laughs> <laughs> But guys, that yeah. fourth line in Tampa, like they had an identity as being old crusty bastards. And now you're adding Janot, who I'm I'm assuming is not an old crusty bastard. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like I don't think he'll fit in there. It'd be great, but like, you know, he's gonna outpace the like are they still gonna have Perry and Belmar and what what's the Yeah, that's gonna be an annoying third and fourth line there. I think Nemestikov comes out of the third line right wing position and uh Jano sneaks in there, but that's I'm just guessing. Um I don't see how much of an upgrade he is besides of the physical aspect. Yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. But I'd take a fourth line of Kerfoot and Achari and Lafferty going against a fourth line of Maroon, Belmar, and Perry. Any day. Oh yeah, Maroon. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about Fat Pat. Oh, <laughs> oh we can't call him that anymore. I'm so he, I'm so sorry. Like I'm so he's he, he doesn't like that. All right, <laughs> even though he is a big scary man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only other trade that's happened is uh, Riley Stillman goes to Buffalo. Guys, Sam Lafferty took Joey Anderson's old number, so oh. no time between that switch number no twenty eight. Yeah. Damn. Okay, well, um, I don't have any other clips to play. That was the only one that we sent in. But uh, if you want your clip to be played, send it, and I can throw it on this super fun media board here and uh, play it for the, everybody. So send in audio questions. LeafsLightNight at gmail.com. LeafsLightNight at gmail.com. Anything you guys want to yeah. add before we hop out of here? Because uh, I'm not doing the whole thing. Sandine, Lily, Geo, Timmins, and McCabe are all worth 6.7 mil. 
combined. All together, combined. <sighs> That's disgusting. And so good. Meanwhile, Edmonton is paying over $9 million and trying to find a defenseman. So. Are they not also trying to find a goaltender? Right? Like, like is Skinner the guy again? Or what's the... Uh, I, don't I know, think man. they're handcuffed this year, at least. Speaking yeah. of uh, goalie troubles, do you see Laurent Boisois out and Logan Thompson's out? What the hell is Vegas going to do now? Aiden Hill, baby. Oh. <laughs> that team is just like, <laughs> throw them on IR. We'll make a trade. And speaking of injury, right, just to cap off the leaves here, uh, Dubis said in his uh, media availability that, you know, last year they had the option to explore further, but... Sandine ended up injured, so they used that flexibility, or sorry, they just stowed him instead and kind of waited, and uh, this time around, he kind of, I don't know, preached that, you know, if time is on your side, you might as well use it, but this time around... It might be a little different because Murray's coming off LTIR and like, does someone get injured from now until Friday? Then they have to manipulate that small amount of cap space until April or do they just go all in and make that final move and we have to say goodbye to a couple pieces we're used to. So lots to be done, right? Like, I I don't know. Still a few days left here. Well, everybody's yeah. still talking. Like, do you guys actually think that Kerfoot's staying? Right? Because I'm seeing 50 50, right? Like, yeah, he's a movable piece. Yeah. Like, people. Is... I, unless you're bringing in somebody who's more effective, I don't really see the point in moving him out, I guess. The only thing is, with, like, if you just going from Cap Friendly's depth charts right now, that has Czar on the bench. Czar almost like Kerfoot's a very good third liner but unless he's willing to change his game maybe he's kind of mis miscast on the fourth line so you could potentially move him out maybe package him and Hall to recoup some draft picks or if if you were looking at an upgrade in net if you wanted that go that way because then you still have you would still have seven quality defensemen even if you move Hall and you would still have a a handful of good forwards because like in like Steph said in the media availability, Dubis mentioned Holmberg, mentioned McCann, mentioned Steves. He was happy with how those guys have been playing. So there's still a lot of options here and it's it's really refreshing and and basically exciting that we can go into trade deadline with this many options. I think he's so valuable because when he does move up on the lineup he's incredibly good. So if there's an injury, you kind of want that insurance right now, I think. That's one reason I don't think they would trade him. Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, I think Dubas has been doing a great job going by the fly and reassessing the situation because entering this year, we were banking on Malgin and Robertson to play in our top six. And, you know, that didn't work out. And um, this is the final push. So... I say if you if it's on his mind, fucking do it. Just do it already and get it over with so we can have our final, you know, roster completed because it just reminds me of this tweet too that stuck in my mind. Uh, um, this guy named Kyle Keefe, he tweeted on January 12th about the Colorado Avalanche saying... No relation to Sheldon Keefe. No. 
<laughs> he does have a blue check mark though. I don't know. Anyway, it was the tweet said frustrated, losing, dysfunctional, OT winning. It is now January 12th. Check back with me April 4th. This team wins. They will find a way. And remember the Avalanche weren't doing well. Like they were way outside of a spot and we were worried about them. Since then, they are 13-2 and 1. And we no longer have those thoughts of, you know, are the Avalanche going to make the playoffs? And any little thing can make or break your roster. And I feel like if Kerfoot is going to be that single piece who does that backhand, no-look fucking pass that leads to a goal, get rid of him. Like, I don't know, send him to the island. I feel like Dubas takes takes care of his players. And I mean Vancouver, not Robita. Uh, go home, take care of himself, you know, rejoin your family. And yeah. What do you guys think? Curve mm. to Vancouver? Yeah. That seems I mean, likely. I just, again, unless you're bringing in something that's going to replace him that's more useful in the third and fourth line, I don't see yep. the point. Same. Okay, well, we will check back before Friday, see if anything happens. Otherwise, we'll see you uh, guys now that we're all here. Let's actually talk about this. We got some late games. The next two are, are Edmonton and Calgary. I'm not staying yeah. up until 3 o'clock in the morning on a weekday to do this, but I'm what late. night? <laughs> what, what, you guys are welcome to do it. I can edit it after, but we can do one like Thursday. 8 p.m. Wednesday and 9 p.m. Thursday. And if none of you guys, if, Friday. if none of you beautiful people show up, I was actually thinking like I had a lot of free time on, um, on, on, on Wednesday. I was actually considering going over every single Leafs highlight this year, making notes and then doing an episode on that, <laughs> like from start <laughs> to end to see, 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 see how we've gone. Morning dart. Power to you. Damn. Bring it back. Bring back the morning dart. Also guys. The can uh, the Canada soccer president resigned today. Just want to throw that out there. Nick Bontiti or whatever the f how the fuck you say his name. He has resigned, and that is good. So yay, better Here. things coming Hopefully. for Canada soccer. Okay, I'm sleepy. Let's get out of here. Good night. Sleepy. Good night all. <laughs>